So I told you that we would be in Galatians for the next few weeks. We actually started towards the end, then we could go back to the beginning, and I said, that's all weird and crazy, and I don't care what you think about me. I just believe that, you know, that's what God wanted us to do, so that's what we're going to do. So we're back at the beginning of Galatians, and I told you I would tell you kind of the, the background behind Galatians, what's going on here. So uh, you've got the resurrected Jesus, you got Paul started a church, Paul started a church, and, and he tells them the truth about being saved through their faith, and and he goes off, you know, and then what happens is they continue to preach this truth. They continue to talk about the goodness of God and all these kinds of things that, that Paul had told them. And, and it's, it's good. Everything's going good. Well, these people come into the church um, and, and they start to tell everybody that, that this is the case, that you know what you need to do? Believing in Jesus is great, fine, wonderful, that's amazing, blah, 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 great. But you also, because you were Jews, you need to keep the old Jewish laws. You need to keep the old ways, and you need to be circumcised so that you're just like the other Jews, and, and you go about keeping the old laws at the same time you believe in Jesus. And then Paul tells them, no. He writes them a letter in AD 50, and he says, no, you, you got to understand that you're not saved by all that other stuff. You're saved by faith in Christ alone. And he tells them that, man, you have been deceived if you believe anything else. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want us to know that we have to be careful. As human beings standing here in our flesh, we have to be careful that we don't believe something that's not the truth. Because we can be so easily deceived because our flesh has a yearning and a longing for things that, that are not in tune with the Holy Spirit. We have to be careful that we don't start to believe something that's not true, something that is not the truth of God. And that's why here at Simple Church, we are all about this word, this very word. This is You want to know what we're all about? Yes, we're all about service. And yes, we're all about reaching people in the name of Jesus Christ. But we are all about this word and teaching people the word of God. And we, if we veer all from anything but this, then, man, we are in serious danger and Paul warns about this danger to the Galatian church. He's telling them, he says, man, this is bad. This is terrible. You don't understand how bad it is. And we're going to talk about what Paul says about how bad it is. But you know what happens? We, we, what happens as human beings, we, we don't really respond well to things that are contrary to our nature, do we? Contrary to the things that, that we want to be true, if, if they're contrary to that, then we don't necessarily like them so much. You remember I told you last week that pineapples don't grow on trees? Like they grow on bushes that are about this tall. Did you know that? I mean, that's true. And some of y'all, it blew your brain so much that like your brain started to itch. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're like, I can't scratch it. Like, like that just blows my mind. I thought pineapples grew on trees. No, they don't actually. You can look at it. You can Google it later. Don't do it now. Some of you will anyway. But anyway, so <laughs> they grow about this high off the ground, you know? They don't grow on trees. And, and some people, it just like blew your mind when I said that. It's something that a lot of us, you know, we, we always thought they grew on trees. So when you tell me they're not, and that's the truth, it's like, that makes my brain itch. You know that feeling? I can tell you, has anybody ever here had a golf lesson? Yeah, I, some of y'all play golf, and I can tell you, you never had a lesson. So uh, I, remember, I remember having a lesson, and I started playing golf when I was about 10 years old, and and I love golf, okay? I don't play it very much anymore, and I, I kind of stink at it, so I don't really play it so much. I, I play about once or twice a year, and that, but I can remember distinctly going out there on the range, and, and I can remember, I think my dad paid for us like to have a, a lesson together. It was cheaper that way, so he's cheap. So anyway, but um, just kidding, Dad. I love you. Uh, 
So anyway, so we go out on the range, and uh, there's this guy there. And the first thing he does is he, he tells me, okay, well, you got to fix your grip. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been playing golf for like six months now. Like, I know how to hold a golf club. You know what I mean? Like, I'm an aficionado at holding a golf club. There's been a few times where I've held a golf club and actually made contact with the ball. I know I know how to hold a golf club, right? Well, he says, yeah, but you're holding it all wrong. I was like, I'm holding the golf club wrong? I, it's, it's like a baseball bat. I mean, what do you mean I'm holding it wrong? He says, no, you got to do this. You got to flip your hand over this way. And, and, and I said, that feels terribly uncomfortable, man. It's like, that does not feel natural to me. Why do you want me to do that? If I do that, I'm going to break my left arm. And he said, that will be good. That will help you swing better, as a matter of fact, if you do that. So it felt very unnatural. The first thing he told me to do was change my grip. And it felt so unnatural to me. And I think that that's the way a lot of things are with us, right? We hear the truth and we hear what we're supposed to be doing and it feels a little unnatural. So sometimes we go, you know what? I ain't changing my grip. I'm, that guy, he don't know what he's talking about. I'm going back and changing, changing my grip back the way it was because that felt more comfortable. And, and every once in a while, I actually hit the ball straight as a result of that. So I'm going back to what felt comfortable. Now, some of y'all play golf and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been there, you've done that, and you're like, yeah. But consistency, if I want to be consistent, I actually want to hit the ball straight all the time, long term. If I continue to do what the pro said to do, then I'll actually be better at golf instead of just being meager at golf. So I think that we, we have this tendency in our lives to, to want to do what's comfortable. And we can slip off into that sometimes. I'm gonna, this is audience participation time, okay? So uh, I want you to do this. I want you to cross your arms for me, right? All right, cross your arms. Everybody got them crossed? Some of y'all ain't crossing your arms. What's wrong with you? You don't know how to cross your arms? Thank you. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> all right, now do this. Cross them the other way. Some, some, some of y'all, like, your brains are itching right now. Like, you're going, I ain't doing that, Kenny. I don't even know where to put my other hand. I don't know if I'm supposed to hold my ribs. I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to turn it over and try to hold my bicep. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with my other hand. I can't, I can't do that. You know, so naturally, when you go back to crossing your arms, you go back to the other. It feels good, don't it? You're like, Phew. man, I was starting to sweat there for a minute when you asked me to cross my arms the wrong way. Yeah, some of you are weird, and I know that there are a few of you like, I ain't got a problem with it either way. Well, you're, you're weird, so, but anyway. We like what is comfortable. We like what makes sense, and... If you think about the major religions of the world, I, I want you to know that they fall into that category. The may, I'll call them religions. I'll call them cults. I don't care what you call them. But, but all the religions of the world, their whole idea is that I want God to like me, right? Like So if I want God to like me, then that should be like a human relationship. And if you want somebody to like you, what, what do you do? You, you try to be good. You, you try to be good to them. You try to, you try to build that relationship and you try to... Try to just be good enough so that they will like you, right? And they take that mentality, that human mentality, and say, well, if I want God to like me, then I just got to be good enough so that he'll like me, right? I was talking to this guy. He's a friend of mine, but he was also my boss at one point in time, and he's a Hindu, right? And uh, I, I was, we were just ha <laughs> it's so funny. Like I tell you this, this actually is the funny part about it. He asked me where I wanted to go to lunch, and I said, Red Robin, which is a burger joint. And he's Hindu, so like, anyway. Um, 
So he said, no, that's fine. They got like fish or something there. I can probably eat that. It'll be fine. So anyway, we're having this conversation. And he was like, yeah, in our religion, he said, if you make one mess up, if you sin one time, that's it. Like there's no making up for it. Like that, that's it. And he, I said, dude, like that's bad. Like I would already be like condemned to hell like now just for like, I don't know, just like any thought that I had that went in through my mind. You know what I mean? Like, like I can't even think about driving down the road without being condemned to hell. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> and that's true, y'all. Okay, look, I drive a lot, but it is, yeah, the Lord, he, he's, he's not my co-pilot. Like, he, he's like, he's like, you just need to get out of the way. But anyway, uh, so he tells me, he's like, you mess up just one time in our faith and, and then that's it. And I said, well, what do you do, man? He said, well, you kind of do some good stuff to try to make up for the bad stuff and then you just hope. You just hope you don't go to hell. I was like, oh, what a depressing lifestyle that must be. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like yeah, there's no guarantees. He's like, well, you know, this, you messed up. So therefore, you know, so, sad, so sorry, so sad, too bad. You know, like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I'm like, golly, that's terrible, man. And, of course, I tell him about my faith. And I go, well, well my faith is this. Is that, is that, you know what? There's nothing I can do to obtain the righteousness of God. There's no way I can be good enough. You know, like he's perfection. He, 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 he's, so, he's so perfect that he's holy. He, he's set apart in his perfection. He's beyond my understanding and my comprehension of perfection. And he cannot even be in the presence of one evil thing. And I'm like, that's my God. But the thing about my God is that, that I could never obtain that level of righteousness. I could never be that right. I could never be that good to be able to be into his, in his presence. So we had to make up for that. And, and he sent his son for me so that if I believe in him, that I can actually have his righteousness put on me. That I can become the righteousness of God because he bore all the sins that I have committed and he took the punishment for them. And therefore, if I believe in that and I trust in that for my salvation, I can therefore be in the presence of God because I am righteous. Not because I am righteous, but because Jesus is righteous and perfect and he died for me. And he's like, I've heard that before. He said, and you should keep doing that and you should keep believing that. But he... He never believed it. He never believed it for himself. And he continues to have this. I cannot imagine the weight that he must have when he lays down at night. Can you imagine? Like, I, I know that surely at some point in his life he's messed up, right? At some point he's done something bad. So when he lays down at night, he just goes, man, whew, I sure hope I can be forgiven. I sure hope that I've done some good stuff. And somewhere in that, maybe, just maybe, there's enough... Enough coins to weigh up on the good side to outweigh the bad, and maybe, you know, just maybe. I cannot imagine to, to go to sleep at night without that certainty. But believe it or not, there's people in this room that go to sleep at night without that certainty. Because they really haven't placed their faith in Jesus Christ, that his righteousness can be put on them. And it's evident not because of what they said, but it's evident because of what they do, Right? You know the difference. I mean, we, you know, like, Kenny, you can't be judging me, man. You don't know my heart. You don't know. I, all I have to do is look at what you do. And I can tell, man, like, you're either a Christ follower or you're not. It's pretty obvious by the things that you do. I don't have to look at your heart. I can just look at the way you walk around. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have this idea in our mind that, that man, nobody can judge my heart. 
You don't have to. You can just judge their actions and you can see their heart. You can see how the overflow of their actions, what their heart really is. And because you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you go to, you go to sleep at night without hope. You, you know who you are. You, you know what's inside here. You know, you know what your heart looks like. And, and you go to sleep at night wondering, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? I don't know. Well, maybe the good outweigh the bad. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It only works that, that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, then you can be saved. And Paul's trying to tell them this in Galatia, that, man, you are saved by your faith. In Galatians 2.16, that's what it says. He, says. he says, man, you are saved because you have believed in Jesus Christ. That's why you're saved. You know, we need to, we need to back up for just a second. And some of y'all are going to think that I'm harping on the Catholic religion and and, and you would be right in saying that, as a matter of fact. But the reason the Protestant Reformation happened, okay, as, as Christ followers, as Christians, we, we are of the Protestant faith, right? So the reason that the Protestant faith occurred, because this one guy in 1517 named Martin Luther said, I've got issues with the Catholic Church. I've got issues with the way the Roman Catholic Church says, says things, that how we're supposed to obtain the righteousness of Christ. I've got issues with that. And he put 95 theses on the door of the church of Wittenberg, Germany. And, he said, and, and that became the basis for our faith. That became the basis for the Protestant faith. Let me tell you what was going on. Okay, so Martin Luther, he was a monk, right? So he was a guy... That, you know, he kind of dressed very uh, plainly, you know, just wore robes and stuff. And, I mean, everybody's got a picture of a monk in their head, right? I'll say monk, and you're like, yeah, okay, I know what that looks like, right? So, so he dressed very plainly and just have a robe on and stuff and maybe some sandals or, you know, some, maybe some Nike slides or something. But anyway, so he would walk around. It's so funny. I say stuff like that, and some of y'all are going, do they have Nike slides back in 1517? Anyway, so... So he, he, he's living his life in accordance with the sacraments of the Catholic Church. Now, what are the sacraments? Things like infant baptism, going to confessional, confessing your sins to some, some priest, and them saying, okay, this is what you need to do in order to be forgiven of your sins. You need to say, say this many things this many times, and therefore you can be, be forgiven. You participate in the Lord's Supper, and if you do that, if you do all these things, you do it the right way, then, then you can obtain the grace of God, that God will look at you, and he will say, because you have done all these things, Things, I am going to pour my grace on you now. All right, and that's the basis for their faith. Well, they don't, I mean, you can't like do enough stuff to really obtain that, that, that grace, right? Like, there's not enough stuff you can do because he's perfect. We talked about this a second ago. Because he's perfect, there's like not enough stuff you can do to like earn that, that perfect grace that he puts on you. So, what do they do? Like, like I mean, because it's heavy, it weighs heavy on them, right? they got to do all this stuff in order to be able to obtain that grace. And, and they came up with this idea of indulgences where you could, you could pay penance. You could pay for the sins that you have committed. You could pay to have them erased, right? So if you gave the church some money, then they could say, hey, you therefore are entitled to this many indulgences. Thank you very much. We will take that money and we will put it in the offering plate. You are good to go now, you know? And Martin Luther was like, I don't think this is right. And he starts reading the word of God. And he starts looking at what it really says. 
He starts looking at Galatians 2.16 and he starts reading it for what it says. And, and the, the Catholic Church is, you know, they got this idea of indulgences and obtaining the grace. And, and they are so fearful of Jesus Christ and his wrath, you know, because he is so perfect. They could never therefore get to Jesus Christ that they, they look at Jesus so wrathfully that they are intimidated and scared of him. And let me say this, by the way, it is good to have a healthy fear of God. But it is, it is not good, this level of fear that they had of Jesus Christ. He was, they were so afraid of Jesus Christ, as a matter of fact, that they said, you know what? We need to go somebody that, to somebody that is more loving, more tender, so therefore we will pray to Mary so that Mary can go to Jesus Christ and plead on our behalf. I mean, this is what the Catholic religion teaches. I want you to know that, all right? You should know that that's, I mean, like, like we, there's no way we can go straight to Jesus. Let's pray to Mary. And maybe Mary will go and intervene because, like, she's so sweet and so loving. She's the mother of Jesus. Surely the mother can, can appeal to her son on behalf of all these people. Now, let, let me clarify. I'm not teaching this. I'm telling you, this is what the Catholics say. It's not in here anywhere. That's not in here anywhere. And the other thing they say is this, because you can never really obtain that grace fully, because you can never really do enough stuff, then we'll invent this place called purgatory, where you can go and then the rest of your sins will be purged. That's where the term purgatory comes. Your sins can be purged, therefore you will then become righteous enough to enter into the presence of God. So you've got to go toward to purgatory for a period of time. And you hope that people on the earth will pray you and pay you out of purgatory so that you can go on to be with God. And this is, what, this is what they teach. Now, you say, well, where do they get all that stuff? They will tell you that their religion is older than the Bible. They will tell you that, that what they believe is based out of tradition. It comes back. I mean, we read that Galatians is from 60 AD. They will tell you that, that like, their religion comes from a tradition that is much older than that. And that's where they get these ideas from. Well, Martin Luther, he gets fed up, man. 15, 17, he's like, I got issues. Here's 95 of my issues. 95 theses. And he goes and he nails them to the door and says, this is my problem. And he reads a verse like Galatians 2.16 where Paul's writing to this church and says, man, it's not on your ability to, to keep the law. It's based on your faith in Jesus Christ and on, on that alone. That is where the righteousness comes from. It comes from Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made from, for you. And if you believe in that and you trust in that for your salvation, therefore you can have that righteousness imputed on you. There's that word, imputed. That's a big churchy word. just means his righteousness installed into your person, who you are. You can experience that if you believe and trust in Jesus Christ, but it has to be in that alone. That is the only way. And I, I felt like I needed to, to tell you that this morning. I felt like some of you needed to understand some stuff that's going on in the world so that you can understand why we believe what we believe. And we go back to, what do we go back to? We go back to this word of God. And, and that's where we're going to be for just a few minutes today. I won't be terribly long, okay? I know that my introduction took like 15 minutes. That's okay. But in, in Galatians Chapter 1, verse 6, it says, I, verse 6, it says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. He doesn't say, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset because y'all have got things a little out of whack. You've gotten off course. You've kind of gotten uh, off the tracks a little bit. I need to straighten you back up. He has said, this is what he says. He starts off by telling him, I am shocked that you are turning so soon away from God. You're turning away from God so soon. You're not just... 
You're not just taking the truth and twisting it a little bit. You're actually turning away from God based on what you are believing. If you believe that it is something else that saves you besides faith in Christ alone, then you are turning away from God. And Paul is trying to tell these people that. So soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. Now, now look at the picture that, that, that Paul is painting of God. He's, he's showing his loving mercy of Christ. That's how he's, God showed us mercy. It's through Christ. That's how he looked at us and said, you know what? They can never obtain the righteousness that I have. And therefore, I will have mercy. I will show them grace by pouring out my wrath on my son, Jesus Christ. That's how he shows us his mercy is through Christ. He says, you are following a different way that pretends to be good news, but it is not the good news at all. He says, you are, are, are telling people this. You're telling them a false truth that appears to be good news. Now, what is the good news? We call it the gospel, right? The truth of God. What is that? It's Galatians 2.16, right? That, that you are saved by faith through Jesus Christ. That, that faith in Jesus Christ is the only way that you can be saved. And that is the good news. And that's good news for us because I tell you what, I can't do enough. I could not do enough to obtain the righteousness of God. There is no way. I mean, I don't even have a single thought that runs through my head that's not sinful. I mean, do you agree with that? Like, I mean, you sit there and, and you know, we're, we're talking about Jesus Christ and we're reading God's word and you think, well, I think I just had a, a thought that, that, was, that was pure and holy and in tune with God. At the same time, in the back of your mind, you're thinking about where you're going to have lunch, how uncomfortable the seat is, how you wish that the air conditioner was just a little bit warmer than what it is right now. You know what I mean? Like, like it's cold in here. How can I worship Jesus if it's 68 degrees and not 70? You know what I mean? Like, how in the world? And everybody in here is like, yes, he is reading my mind. <laughs> That's why we cut the air to 60 today, just so I could actually use that as an illustration. No, I'm kidding. But it's like we cannot have one, a single thought that is even righteous, you know? And how can you teach anything but, but the fact that you've got to obtain the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ and faith in him? There's, there's, there's no way. What you're telling people, it's not good news. It's bad news, as a matter of fact. And he says, if you teach people this, you're turning away from God. And you're teaching them something that's not the good news. And Paul, I mean, he's upset, obviously. I mean, this is not a loving kind of thing. He's just like, oh, man, come on, guys. You are being fooled. This is what happens. See, it's not that they did it intentionally. It's that their flesh longed for something else. So their flesh longed for something to make sense, something that doesn't make their brain itch, right? So the fact that, that, that God said, you know what, I'm perfect, they're not. Therefore, I will, I will become a man. I will send him to the earth. He'll be my son, and I'm going to pour out all my wrath on him. And therefore, that will fix their sin problem. The fact that they're bad, I'm going to pour out my wrath on, them, on him so that they can become the righteousness of him. Like, that doesn't even compute logically in our minds. That's, that's, like, that's like me going up to Tony and saying, Tony, I want to be your friend. He said, okay, good. Kayla's going to be, Kayla's going to be the one that acts out and is my voice from now on so that, so that you'll be my friend. Like, well, that doesn't really make us friends now, does it? 
That doesn't really mean that you and I have a relationship. That means like I got a relationship with Kayla. And Kayla and I are close and we're tight and, and, and we're the ones that hang out together. And Tony's he's not really my friend. He's just there. You know what I mean? Like, like the way that the relationship God set up, it doesn't even really make sense in our mind. But that is part of the faith that we're supposed to have. That his way that he did this is the only way that we could obtain his righteousness. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's not supposed to make sense entirely. If it made sense entirely, and like, like we've got video evidence of Jesus Christ, and he's up on the, the cross, and, and we see him get beaten, and, he, and we, we got video evidence of him being put in the tomb, and we got a GoPro in there in the tomb, and we watch him disappear, and then the stone rolls away, and we got disciples running in. Like, if we had all that, that together, it would make perfect sense that we would believe that. But instead, what God said is, you know what? You're going to have to take my word for it. You're going to have to have faith, not, not only in, in my son Jesus Christ, but what I said is actually truth. And what you're hearing is the truth. And how do you, how do you know that? You listen to the Holy Spirit of God that confirms it to be the truth. And here, here Paul's like, he's like, man, you... You've been fooled You've been the, by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Why, why did they do that? Why did the Judaizers come in there and say, man, you've got to behave Jewish in order to be able to obtain the righteousness of God? I, I, I think that they did that because they weren't Christian. They, they weren't followers of Christ because followers of Christ believe that, that all you can do is believe in Jesus Christ. And Satan often sends people into the church, into the things of God, to convince them of something that's not true in order to deceive them so that they'll believe something else that is not the gospel. And if you believe anything but the gospel, you're not a Christian. Jehovah's Witnesses, case in point. Their good news is not good news, man. You look at any major cult of the world, you look at any major quote-unquote religion of the world, and you will see that they are teaching something besides just faith in Jesus Christ and the truth of God and to say that this whole book is truth and this whole book is what is real. And you will see that even in churches that call themselves to be Christian Bible-believing churches. And they will espouse things that aren't in this book, that aren't the gospel. And I'm like, how? They'll ask a, 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 a pastor on TV. It's the only way to heaven through Jesus Christ. And he'll stammer around and say, I, well, to each, each his own. To whatever you want to believe, that's for you. But I'm not going to sit up here and judge you by telling you that Jesus Christ is the only way. That's blasphemy. That is untruth. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody goes to the Father but through him. And that is God's truth. And if you believe anything but that, you're not believing the truth. And you're not believing the gospel. And you will not be in eternity with God. That's the reality. I could be. I, man, we could fill this place up if I, if I could just stand up here and go, you know what? There are lots of ways to heaven. There are lots of ways to enter into the presence of God besides Jesus Christ. Man, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have standing room only in here. There'd be tons of people just piling in here. Man, he's in here to tell us how good we are and to tell us whatever we believe to be true about how to get into the presence of God. Man, I want to go hear that guy. Man, Facebook Live would be breaking down, you know. Can't wait to hear that guy. But there are churches that call themselves Christian, that call themselves Bible-believing churches that do not teach the truth that Jesus Christ is the only way. 
And your faith in Him is how you, how you actually get to God. Paul's upset, obviously, as well as he should be. This is how upset he is. Look at, look at what he says. Let God's curse fall on anyone. Okay, I don't know about you, but I don't know exactly what Paul meant by God's curse, but it don't sound good, does it? I don't want God's curse falling on me. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's just talking about eternal separation from God. And, and that's, that's, that's ultimately the worst thing. But like he's talking about God's curse fall on anyone, including us. Including us. Let a curse fall on us if we teach something besides the good news. He says, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preached to you. Does anybody know an angel that came from heaven that preached a different kind of good news? Has anybody ever heard of an angel that, that said, you know what, I will be higher than the Most High. I will be like the Most High and, and wanted to obtain the picture of being God. And his name was Lucifer, right? And he came down and, and continues to use people to preach a false truth. Continues to allow people to, 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 to you know what, if, if I can just get them over here just a little bit and then they'll, they'll be believing something that is not truth and that is how we are separated from God and that is exactly what happened in the garden. Just a little bit of truth that was not exactly right and all of a sudden we're believing something that's a lie and when we believe a lie, it's not the truth and it's not the good news, it's bad news. Therefore, we are condemned to hell forever apart from God. And that's, that's the angel. I mean, like, but I saw an angel descend from heaven, and he taught me something else. Yeah, so did Joseph Smith, you know? And he's got a whole religion founded on something that's not truth. That's the way Satan works. That's what he continues to do. I'm going to wrap it up very shortly here, okay? An angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Now he knows full well that some people are going to be upset with him. Okay, But this is what felt comfortable to us, Paul. This is what felt comfortable. We like the way this sounded because we've been raised Jewish all of our lives. And now you're telling us that we're not supposed to be Jewish. It doesn't feel comfortable. My hands feel all out of whack when I grip it like you tell me to grip it. It doesn't feel right. How can it be right, Paul? And he says, you know what? If you believe anything else but this same truth that we've been teaching, man, you deserve to be cursed and you deserve the wrath of God poured out on you. And, and he, he knows people are going to be upset. And he goes, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. If I wanted to fill this place up with people, preach the things that that aren't true, but bring people in, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. You know who I would be a servant of? Myself. I'd be self-serving. You know what it means to, to be self-serving? It means that you put yourself above everybody else. You know what 
what Christ gives us the example of, he puts everybody else above himself. And that's how, that's how we're supposed to live our lives, and that's how we're supposed to follow him. You see, people all the time, they just want people to like them, right? Like they really want people to like them, therefore they'll say anything and do anything so that people will like them. I, I want you to know something. If there's a lot of people that, that, that really like you, you need to kind of be afraid. You really do. When I, when I watch churches on television, I'm not saying every one of them, because I, I'm not judging every single church that's out there, but I'm saying when you see that there is a huge following, you need to be careful, okay? When you see tons and tons of people look and say, man, I like this, this sounds good. I'm not saying that they're not preaching the truth because there are many that are, but I'm telling you, you better be careful and you better look at the gospel that they're preaching and you make sure that it's in alignment with God's word and it's not in alignment with something that's not God's word. Compare it to scripture. Examine it in light of scripture and see if it's biblical. See if it's in alignment with the truth of God. And if it's not, it's not of God. If they preach some kind of gospel that doesn't say that, you know what, you know how you get to God is through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. If they won't say that on television, they're not, they're not saying it from their pulpits and they're not saying it to their people. Paul doesn't desire to be liked by men. He desires that, that it would be in accordance with what God has set out and the truth of God. You know what I care about here at Simple Church? What's in that book? What's in that book? I, it bothers me when people don't like me. But it doesn't bother me near as bad as when I preach something that's not in that book. I love people. If, if you know me very well, you know that I love people. I'm a hugger, unfortunately. My mom gave me that gene. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> some of you find that funnier than others. I love people, and I, I, I genuinely care about people, and I care about every single person. I really do, and I, I want them to be saved. I want them to come to faith in Jesus Christ. But, but I, I will not compromise the truth in order that they'll like me. I, I've, I've had people write me on, on Facebook and say, you know what, I'm in, I'm in a homosexual relationship, I'm in a lesbian relationship, and, and I want to know if I'm welcome to come to your church. Absolutely. Please come. Like, I'll come and pick you up and drive you here. Please come. But I want you to know that, that, that what I will teach, from, it's going to be from this book, and I will not compromise it at all. I will teach the truth, and it will not be compromised in any way. And I want you to know that, but I want you to know the truth. I want you to know the truth. There are people in here. I love you, and I love you to death. And uh, I'm excited about the fact that you come in here week after week. And I'm excited in the fact that you, you come in here and you sing praises with us. And, 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 and maybe you're just seeking out the truth. And that's great and that's wonderful. But, but I don't want you to be falsely believing that you're a Christian if you're not. Because if I tell you something that's not the truth and you believe that and you feel comforted in that and you lay down at night believing something that's not true but you rest easier... How evil would I have to be to tell you that? Knowing full well that I taught something that wasn't in that book, that wasn't true, and you believe that, and therefore you'll be condemned to hell forever apart from the truth of God and the presence of God? How much would I have to hate you in order to be able to teach you something like that? 
I'm afraid that there's a lot of people believing a lie. It feels natural to them. It feels like it's comfortable just continuing to do what they're doing and live the way they're living, but they've never fully put their faith in Jesus Christ. And when they lay down at night, they wonder. They wonder. They don't, they don't really have the kind of hope and the conviction that comes from knowing Him as Lord and Savior and having the Holy Spirit that seals us to the day of redemption. They don't really have that. So they lay there questioning, what happens to me when I take my last breath? What, what happens to me when, when I breathe my last and I, I'm, I'm face to face with Jesus and I'm standing there and he's, he's looking at my heart and he's looking at what I've always believed and what I've always confessed to be truth. Is it going to be truth? Is it going to be in alignment with, with his word and the things that he said and his good news and his gospel or is it going to be something else? I love you enough to tell you the truth. But Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by Him. And we are saved by faith in Christ alone. And if you believe it's something else, you're wrong. I love you and I want you to be saved. I want you to have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Some of you have been fooled. Some of you have believed something that wasn't true. Part of it's because it felt natural. But you know deep down it's not the truth. Please, please believe the truth. Please listen to the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you right now. Please respond to Him and don't ignore Him another time. Fall down on your face before God and say, God, I believe your son Jesus died for me. And I've never fully confessed that, but today I want to confess it. And I want to make it a reality in my life. I want the, the actions in my life to reflect the reality of my heart. Please. Let's pray. Father, I do so thank you for this precious word. God, it is truth. And there are so many that take this truth and they twist it. They, they convince people to believe something else. And God, because of that, every single day people are dying and going to hell. Lord, I just pray that we would be a beacon of light. God, that we would be a beacon of the truth in this world. God, I, I do not desire to please people, but I desire to please you, to be seen right in your sight, God, by telling the truth. God, I, I have compassion. I, I feel tormented inside, Lord, for all the people that aren't believing the truth right now. I just pray that if there's anybody in this place that's like that, they're believing something else besides this reality of their faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would awaken their spirit, awaken their, their soul so they might be able to see that, and you might go in and, and replace their heart of stone with a heart of flesh, that they might be receptive to your truth today. God, I know that, that there, there's, you hear this stuff time and time and time again, but I also know that there's one time when it just connects and it resonates with your heart and you're just drawn to Jesus. God, I pray that that's what's happening right now. That, that hearts are beating out of their chest, God, as they, as they listen to your Holy Spirit and they know they need to surrender to it. God, I pray that they would. I pray that they would just fall on your, their face before you and ask you, God, to rescue them through faith in Jesus Christ, to rescue them. Father, for those, Lord, that they may be looking at the things they've done in their life and God, they know that they've fallen short. God, I pray that you would just remind them of the grace of God through Jesus Christ, that grace that was poured out on us. Lord, that they don't need to be washed and made clean again, but they are already clean. I know that some people will be confused, Lord, but I believe that, that your Holy Spirit will speak clearly 
those that need to be rescued, those that need to be saved because they've never put their faith truly in Jesus Christ. I pray that they would do that. Father, I do so thank you for allowing us to praise you and worship you. God, for the way that you rescue us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone stand?